fourth down and goal from the nine. 17 seconds to go. The play clock at three. Shotgun snap. Car throws nice. into traffic. Nice. Intercepted. Nice. Nice. Jermaine Pratt Woo! has the football. Yeah. Coffin now. Bam, bam, bam. How about that? It ends on a turnover. Joe Burrow takes the snap. He takes a knee. And after 31 years, yeah. the drought is over. It is no fluke. It is a fact. The Cincinnati Bengals are headed to Super Bowl 56. Welcome back. This is part of the punctuation. As always, I'm your host, Aaron Smith. Joined by the self-proclaimed best producer in the city, Ed Mayhall. That's once me. Again, once again, we are without Jeff. Not because he couldn't be here this week, uh, because of work or any other reason, outside of Mother Nature. That's right. He was one of the people who still does not have power. And we continue to miss him terribly. But shout out to all the Duke workers out there working in the heat to try get Jeff on here. Man, it, did you do anything outside today uh i i drove to home depot yeah no that's it i walked from the from the front door to the to the truck and then from the truck to the front door home depot that was way too much for me (laughs) with a heat index of over 100 today uh it was it was certainly a hot one um chad i just got done recording the nightcap with chad and he had to go to camp today. Oh nope. Um, which was down uh on on campus and he was outside for the better part of four hours. Nope. Can't imagine. I hope he had plenty of water. I mean, I don't think water would have been the issue. I I just think um, you know, when you find out things like, you know, just how how wet he was and and how even after a shower and uh after wiping his face with towels trying to get all the salt off um he said it was still hot just unbelievably hot Geoff he cut the grass today for two hours with a self-propelled hey i cut the grass yesterday right before the storm hit and that that was on riding lawnmower and that was hot enough for me it sounds like Geoff lost about seven pounds today. Then. Congratulations on the weight <laughs> loss, Geoff. Congratulations. Um, I, I mean, I the lawn here needs it because, again, oh, yeah. you know, the rain has been awful. But when you have a larger property that requires a zero turn um, with, with some hills, um, yeah, I wasn't really trying to uh, – I don't, I don't know how dry the ground would be. I'm not really trying to just leave ruts or anything like that. Oh, that's why I tried to get it done yesterday. So that right before the storms, because yeah, the grass was getting huge. It was there was getting to it tomorrow in the heat. Now nah, I think I happened maybe Friday <laughs> when it's a little bit, you know, when it's a little bit cooler out. I don't know. I, I don't have a ton to do on on my birthday tomorrow, so I, I, there's an off chance I end up out there cutting grass. Cutting grass, but it's be the hottest day tomorrow, dude. It's be like I mean, a hot heat index like 112. I, I get it, and I had thought about going golfing by myself, and I'm like, nah, I'm not. No, sitting, that's even worse. I'm not sitting in a, a golf cart and going out and golfing and just coming home and needing to hose off before even coming inside. But you should do something indoors, like go to an arcade or something. By, by myself. I mean, at least at least golfing by yourself isn't like weird, right? 
It might be. I don't, I don't know. I don't golf, so I don't know if that's a, <laughs> I don't know if that's a socially acceptable thing to do or not. Like, yeah, imagine going to a baseball field and trying to play, you know, catch with yourself is definitely weird. But I don't know about golf. I don't know. I mean, it was uh, it was the oldest birthday yesterday, and we went up to the batting cages up in Columbus yesterday, and uh, yeah, I, I I saw a guy, grown man, in there doing you know softball cages. He did like two rounds and then he left. I think that's weird. Like. I don't know. That, that seemed weirder to me than going golfing by yourself. If you went putt, golfing by yourself probably isn't bad. If you went putt putt by yourself, that'd be weird. That's fair. Yeah. Just show up at putt putt mountain, get yourself by, a slushy by yourself. Argue with yourself over what, what <laughs> ball color you want. That that would be weird. So maybe golfing isn't so bad. Yeah, I don't know. Listen That's... to music. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Just put in your pod, AirPods and. I was thinking of bringing a Bluetooth speaker, but that works too. I mean, whatever, whatever floats your boat, I suppose. Whatever does it. So, I don't know. Um, I get. I'm just. Are you keeping an eye to make sure that we don't have our guest sitting in the lobby? Yeah, I can see okay. it down here. All right. Well, I, I know the one time Chad sat in here just waiting and waiting. Well, that was Chad. Okay, I didn't know if Chad wanted to come in or not. And waiting. So, um. In the meantime, GF, I'm not a golfer. I said that before. I don't know. That, I don't know what's socially acceptable when it comes to golf. Like, I tried to golf one time in middle school with with some friends, oh. and uh, I was politely asked to stop by the grounds crew. So what? I just drove. The, I just drove the golf cart for the rest of the time. What were you doing? I'm not hitting the ball. I, I guess, definitely hitting the grass a lot. Unreal. Also, not all about like, I mean, there's golf carts now, right? But yeah, not all about like, Chill, sorry, it's literally a solo sport. Frisbee golf. Okay, I've gone frisbee golf alone, but okay, yeah, you're fine. Man, you could do that tomorrow. That's no. like in the woods and shade. Yeah, you walk the whole time. No thanks. Well, I guess you can't take a golf cart. You're right. You ever seen that foot golf? With the, Where it's like, Use a soccer ball. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not here for that, man. I give that one a shot with the kids. You go for it. Let me know how that works out. Um, in the meantime, uh, until our guest shows up, uh, I guess we can start talking a little bit of Reds. I don't know if That's you've good. watched anything since last week. Well, they haven't won much since last week. I can they tell you sure that. They sure haven't, and that's been an issue, right? Yeah. Um, I did find out having some trouble. What's going on with this? Um. So the Reds, yeah, they they they've not been winning since the last time we we did the airwaves. I think uh, they, they won last night, right? No, they, maybe they won on on Sunday, yeah. and they won yesterday, five to four, and they won yesterday. But before that, it was like a five game losing streak. Uh, not quite. Um, as they did the last, the last game they won. Um, prior to was the fourteen-eight victory over the Diamondbacks before Sunday. Yes, that was last Tuesday. So that's when we were on air. Yes, no Clay tonight. 
G off. I'm sorry. Yeah, they lost seven to zero to the Diamondbacks on Wednesday, five to four to the Diamondbacks on Thursday, two to nothing to the Cardinals on Friday, five to four to the Cardinals on Saturday. Then they won Sunday, seven to six, and won yesterday against the Diamondbacks again, five to four. But sorry. I did also see that um, our our boy Joey Votto was doing TikTok videos with young fans yesterday, so maybe that's the key to winning TikTok videos. No, sure. I'm just grasping for straws here, he, trying to figure he, out how we can win. He's been doing TikToks. <laughs> he's been doing TikToks all all year, and I don't I don't think that was the key. Yeah, but not with fans. Sure, you you're, young you're, fan. You're, you're right. You you are right here. This what it is. Um. But I think they did what we said they were going to do last week, right? They're going to get our hopes up, and they're going to start losing again. That's just uh, that's just the way it's going to be, I think, for the for the next little while. I don't, I don't think hopes are getting up for any of this this year, if I'm being honest. But uh, yeah, it's going to be uh, we we knew this early on. When you start three and twenty two, it's going to be a long one sixty two, like. That's not going anywhere. Geoff's right. You know, Mike Miner finally looked like a pitcher. Um, you know, ten million dollars invested in that guy instead of you know Wade Miley or any anyone else. Not not a huge fan of that particular move, but uh, cool. Uh, we will pause our Reds discussion as we do have a special guest. Ed, you bring him in. Yeah, go ahead and bring. All right, him I'm gonna in. bring him in. I'm gonna fix my camera because apparently I just accidentally unplugged it. So I'm gonna bring him in. That's great. Yeah. Uh, Griffin Merritt joins us now from this year's Cincinnati Bearcats baseball team. Uh, we coming in okay for you, Griffin? Yeah, I can hear you. Very good. So welcome to the show. This is Pardon the Punctuation. We do appreciate you coming in and, and spending some time with us. Yeah, thanks um, for having me. Absolutely. So you had quite a career at Cincinnati, um, started an awful lot of games. You hit 100 this season, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I feel old, man. <laughs> <laughs> um, so take us through what the season was like. I mean, it was uh, first real season post-COVID without having to deal with uh, some of the things you had to deal with last year and all of that. Um, so what was this kind of getting back to normal a little bit? Yeah, it was. Um, you know, the COVID stuff, uh, I know it affected everybody, it affected us. And, you know, it was different. We had to learn to adapt. And, you know, my sophomore season got cut short 15 games in. We were actually uh, boarding a plane to fly to Kansas. And we found out, you know, our weekend was canceled. And then next day we found out our, uh, our conference was canceled. And then after that, our season was canceled. So, you know, it kind of just worked its way down and you know this year was nice getting back to normal um you know normal travel not really having to deal with all that stuff but it you know it was it was something that you know I was really lucky for you know my it was my redshirt junior year but my fourth year in school um to have that back to normal so you know I was really uh, appreciative of everybody that you know worked to make that happen so uh then you know this year you had kind of a, a coming out party if you will as you beat the shit out of the ball um, <laughs> led the team in home runs uh 19 i believe um led the conference for that matter in home runs 
So was there any particular home run that stood out? I'm, I kind of feel like I have a, a inkling as to which one it might be, but were there any that, that stood out above the rest? Um, man. Um, yeah, there was a, I think there was a couple ones that, you know, I particularly enjoy for different reasons. Uh, you know, my first one at, at home this year uh, against Ohio state, it was our, you know, our home opener, uh, place was packed, you know, fans were everywhere. The MLB was in a lockout, beautiful weather. I mean, everything lined up for a big crowd right. and a good night. And uh, I had a home right early on in the game. And, you know, that I've never heard, you know, that stadium louder than it was that, that day. And, uh, you know, that was pretty cool. Um, and then later in the year, you know, there was one, um, it was actually a game I didn't start. Uh, there was, I, I, for some reason, I didn't start that game. And, you know, coach was like, you know, be ready. And, um, it wasn't like I wasn't hitting well, which is kind of out of the blue. Like we were on like a seven game skid, man. We were struggling. And I was like, you know what? Like, I'm not, not real happy. I'm not in the lineup right now, but you know, I gotta be ready. So, you know, comes around fourth inning comes in and, uh, uh, bases loaded. I take two outs and I'm hitting. So it's freezing cold. We're playing St. Joe's and, you know, I stepped up there and first pitch, I hit a, a grand slam actually to put us ahead. And we ended up, you know, winning that game. And I think we went on a nice little win streak after that. So the, you know, to be a spark right there at the team and help turn it around is, uh, you know, means a lot. Um, just especially when we needed it. You know, being able to come through for the team this year, um, all the guys, you know, are, are great baseball players and great, great guys, and everybody deserved to win. So, you know, being able to be that guy that could have been could be leaned on throughout the year was, uh, you know, that that was special to me, and I'm I'm happy I could do that for them. So it you bring up, you know, just how much the team means to you and all that, but wearing Cincinnati has to mean a little something to you as well as you were a Cincinnati kid. You went to LaSalle high school. And so what did, was it always Cincinnati for you when you decided to attend Cincinnati? And uh, we, we also know that you played a little bit of football for LaSalle as well. So was it even always baseball for that matter? Yeah, you know, in high school, I grew up a Cincinnati kid, man. I love, you know, love the Bengals, love the Reds. Both my parents went to the University of Cincinnati. I've always kind of just been a Cincinnati guy. And, you know, I love this city. It's, uh, you know, this is my home. Um, my recruiting was a little different, I guess, than most. Um, I didn't know what I was going to do. I, I didn't know if I wanted to play football. I didn't know if I wanted to play baseball. I went back and forth a million times. I lost sleep over it a million times. And, um, you know, I finally came out and I was, you know what, like I want to play baseball. It was kind of late, and I guess the, the new era of recruiting line for baseball. And it was after I finished my junior year of school. I was like, you know, I really, I've, I've made my decision. I want to play baseball. And um, at the time, UC was going through a coaching change, and uh, Coach Scott Gugans was coming over from Xavier. And I had been recruited by the previous UC staff, and you know, I was in that kind of the midst of that when there was the coaching change. And you know, when that happened, I was like, man, I maybe this isn't going to work out. And, you know, I started looking at other options to go away and go play. And then, um, you know, Coach Hugens recruited me, and that was the end. As soon as I as soon as soon I got the call, I was in. So um, I couldn't be more happy with my decision to, you know, stay home and play in front of the people that, you know, mean the most to me. Getting to play in front of my family and my friends and, you know, people that support the, the city and that school. Um, was really special and it'll always hold a, a very special place to my heart. Now you do bring up coach Guggins and what was it like playing under him uh, during your time here? Uh, coach, coach Guggins is a, he's a great man. Um, I can't say enough about, you know, 
what kind of coach he is. And, you know, I'm, I'm very proud of the things he taught me um, baseball-wise, but, I, you know, I'm more proud of the, per, the man he helped me become. And, you know, I got there and I was an 18-year-old kid and, right. you know, thought I had everything figured out. And, you know, I learned quick. I didn't. And, uh, you know, the, the lessons I learned from Coach Guggins to, uh, you know, help me develop into the person I am today and the person I can be proud of today, I, I owe a lot of it to him. And, um, you know, the responsibility he put on me and the ownership and, you know, how to, you know, take control of something, take control of your career and take control of your life is, you know, big with him. And, you know, I'm very proud of that. And I think he's a fantastic coach. And I think he is, uh, you know, he's building something special that hopefully, you know, in the coming years, you know, this people in Cincinnati can, you know, look to that program to be a consistent, you know, Omaha contender. And I think they're in the right direction. So, with uh, with Coach Guggins, we we do have a guy for Bearcat Journal who covers the baseball program, and he, the, our writer wanted to know why <laughs> Jeff Gentil. I don't know if you've seen anything that he's posted about the baseball team or anything, but he wants to know why why does Coach Guggins look like he's in pain when he walks? <laughs> um, <laughs> that's funny you uh, asked that. You know what? Uh, Coach, um, ever since I got there, he's just had bad knees. Uh, he was a catcher um, when he played in his time. And from my understanding is he's never wanted to, you know, get him replaced. And, you know, we, we mess with him. And uh, he's done things that, you know, that he thinks helps his knees. I think he went keto because uh, it helped his knees feel better. I think he said that. And every day before practice, he walks uh, like a mile backwards because it's supposed to be good for your knees, you know. I think it'd just be easier if he got him replaced. But I guess I can say that now since I'm out of the program. So he can't, you know, yell at me. I'm sure I'll get a call at some point. But, uh, <laughs> nah, man, we, we mess with him and he takes care of himself. But at some point, I feel like uh, he's probably going to need to, you know, get, get some uh, pretty serious knee replacements. So, yeah, that's why I, he uh, looks like he's in pain out there because he probably is. Now, our leader of Bearcat Journal, Chad Brendel, um, he's actually in the chat here, and he wants to know um, if you have any good Josh Wiley stories from your time together at LaSalle. Oh, man. Uh, well, yeah, I do. I got plenty that probably shouldn't go on here. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, Josh and I you know, grew up together. Uh, <laughs> Josh and I grew up together and, you know, good friends and still good friends today. I, I love that. Um, damn. You know, this is a good one. I was actually this day. Um, I was with one of my, our other friends. His name's Jake Roberts. And it's like after a football game, I think our senior year, we were sitting there and he's like. Oh, am I cutting out? You were a little bit, but you came back. All right, I'm back. No, I was saying Josh loves how he looks, and, you know, he's real particular about his hair. And my buddy goes, like, hey, Josh, like, you ever let me give you a haircut? And he was like, yeah, man, I'll let you give me a haircut. He's like, man, if I had clippers on me right now, would you let me? Are you being serious? Josh is like, yeah. And my buddy whips out clippers from me in his pocket and just shaved Josh's head at bald right there. Um, and he walked around school, and I know his mom gave him hell because he came to gave, like, no hair on his head. And, uh, man, that's probably the most PG that can go on here without getting him or myself in trouble. <laughs> that's fantastic. That's an Aaron move for sure. Totally. Um, now, you, you guys finished 
24 and 31 overall this season. And you started off hot against FGCU. You in particular started off hot against FGCU. And you were in Fort Myers, which in that time of year is it's still yeah, it hot. Nice. <laughs> uh, but it's yeah, it's it's nice hot getting away from the cold Ohio weird weather of the spring. Um it looked like things were going to go well for the team and it didn't finish bad, um, but things didn't quite get to where I'm sure you guys all had hoped to get towards the end yeah. of things. So you mentioned the seven game skid. What was going on there in the, the middle of the season when it seemed like it was kind of one of these just hills and valleys type of year for you guys? Um, I think the biggest thing is that we are, you know, we were to a point in the year where we are still trying to figure out people's roles. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we lost a lot from 20, from that, whatever, 2021 team. Um, you know, we lost three fifth-year fielders, um, two draft pick pitchers. Like, we, we had a we had to kind of replace some stuff. And being a northern school, it's, it's hard to do that early on because we can't go outside. Like these teams in the South are outside, man. They're playing every day. They they know like what guys' roles are, what guys can do, what guys can't do. Us, man, like we're we're playing, we're playing in the bubble. Like, you know, it's it's hard it's kinda of hard to hit in there. You know, pitchers it's hard to know what people have. So first couple of weeks are always a little tough because we don't really know what people's roles are yet. Or like what kids can handle or you know, who's gonna step up. Like we didn't we didn't know who was gonna be our starting rotation. We had an idea. But, I mean, at the end of the year, it's drastically different. And, you know, we're in we're kind of in that position. And it's just geography and how it is. But sure. we're trying to figure out what we have and what guys can do while other teams are ahead of us in that aspect. And, you know, I think – I don't want to use that as an excuse. I think it's something we could do better at here. Um, but, you know, that I think that's what was going on in that aspect. We're – we're putting guys in situations and games to see if they can. Or do you know, like who can close this game? Yeah. Right? Makes sense. Like they know who can, they know like, Hey, this guy can close this game. We don't know. We have a guy we want to be able to close or a guy we, we think can close, but this, we got to throw him in the fire to find out, you know, sometimes it goes well and sometimes it doesn't. And it's just, it kind of sucks for us at that point of the year that, when it doesn't go well, it goes as a loss on the on the, you know, win and loss column. Sure. So yeah, I think that's what happened. That's why I think we play better towards the end of the year. You know, where we understand what we have and what we have to work with, and um, towards the end of the year, we just we just ran into ran into some injuries with some of our arms, and uh, we weren't super depthy on the mound. So when we dropped a couple of guys with injuries late in the year, especially when that's the time of the year when you need the pitching the most just because you're playing, you know, the most in the tournaments and stuff. Right. Uh, it, it just, it just hurt us. We kind of, we just, we just ran out of arms, um, quite frankly, towards the end. But, you know, you know, most teams do. That's, yeah. that's why the teams going to Omaha probably have eight of the deepest pitching staffs in the country because they can handle, you know, that amount of innings and stuff in their conference tournaments and their regionals and their supers. But, um, and they keep them healthy. So, so you did have four straight against Xavier. Yeah. And um, obviously those didn't turn out the way that the UC faithful had hoped. But is the is the rivalry between the baseball teams 
anything like it is with the basketball teams. I, you grew up a UC fan, so you're obviously very familiar with yeah. the rivalry. But uh, what, what was that like playing baseball against Xavier? It's There's definitely some rivalry. Um, I don't know if it's the extent of basketball, like how the Crosstown shootout is, just because of the nature of the sport. Sure. But uh, I think it got recreated a little bit this year. Um, well, one, you have Coach Guggins came from Xavier, left Xavier to come to UC. Right. Uh, Xavier's hitting coach is Joey Bellini, who played on our team two years ago. It was our oh, shortstop. Wow. is their hitting coach. So you have some crossover in that aspect. And Kyle Sprague, our hitting coach, was the hitting coach at Xavier. So there's some coaching crossover. Um, so and Billy O'Connor, Xavier's head coach, is a Cincinnati guy as well. So um, the coaching crossover, I think – there's definitely some rivalry there. Xavier tends to recruit a lot of out-of-state kids. Um, you'll see at more private schools, they go get more guys. Um, so they have like a lot of West Coast kids, a lot of, you know, they actually they have a lot of kids from the West. So I don't know how much it means to them, but this year they had a catcher transfer in from Seton Hall, and he was just, he played hard, man, and he lets you know he was playing hard. And uh, that first game at UC, he uh, was catching, and uh, he was a pretty good hitter. And then he hopped on the mound and shut us out in, like, I think, the last four or five outs to close the game for them, a one-run game. I think we lost almost all one-run games to him. Yeah. And uh, he, he let everybody there know that uh, he did that. And I think that fired us up some, um, and it kind of ignited that rivalry, which, I mean, I love. I mean, I, that's the kind of stuff doesn't bother me. I think if you know if you're playing well, and you want to be like that, that's fine. Um, just I'm I'm sure he understands if it gets retaliated. Uh, he he I know he wouldn't care, but uh, yeah, yeah, I think there is that rivalry is there, and it got a little chippy at uh, UC that Friday night, and you know it was fun. <laughs> it's fun. It's fun to play in games like that. Um, crowds into it. You know, both benches are into it. It's a lot better than if there's a you know, nobody really seems to be into the game. So I think that's a rivalry that, you know, is going to be built more and more in the future, especially because I think my first three years there, we split with them pretty much every time. Like, we either we'd win two, they'd win two, or be one and two. And, you know, this year they got us, man. Like, they, they beat us four games. And I'll take my hats off to them. Um, I'd like to play them four more times right now if I could. <laughs> but, um, you know, they got us. And – and, you know, next year, I hope it's different. But, you know, they're, they're a good ball club, and they played well. It pains me to say that, but um, it was the truth. So in your time in through the athletic conference, uh, where were the places that uh, – or, or place in particular, I guess, um, that was your favorite place to play in conference? Wow. Um, probably East Carolina. Uh, one, just because they're good. You know, they're – they were just in a super regional and, you know, they're a top 25, top 10, pretty much team every year. But uh, playing the outfield, they got this thing called the jungle where they have, you know, you think like, let me put this into perspective. Cincinnati, a lot of stuff to do around, right? You got something you want to do. You want to go out. You got a lot of options. Greenville, North Carolina. You want to do something on a spring night. You're going to an ECU baseball game because that's about all you could do. And uh, I mean, these people just pack the stadium. Every night. And uh, in left field, they have this – they call them, like, the left field megaphones. These guys show up every day. They, uh, damn, they might get to the field before I get there. They're in there yelling and 
they're crazy and they just they hound you but you then you end up making friends with them if you're not like an ass or anything um, so you know i i do i do enjoy playing there um just good crowd you know good baseball crowd people understand the game and uh you know fan involvement and it's, it's a beautiful place and a, and a nice i'm not trying to talk down on the city at all but it's you know it's a it's a beautiful setting. Yeah, there they are right there. I'm probably somewhere in there getting yelled at. <laughs> yeah. Um, did, on, on the flip side of that coin, did you have a least favorite place that you played at? And yeah, you're not going to play them ever again, so you're allowed to talk whatever, <laughs> whatever smack you want. Yeah. Um, probably Memphis, man. Memphis's field. They're, get, they're redoing it, so I can say this. But they had the worst field, man. It was... Uh, Loved hitting there though, because it was it was I mean it was like a little kids park. It was so small. It had a bunch of homers there, so it was fun. But I mean, just where we stayed, our part of Memphis, we were in, and where their fields at, and their athletic facilities are just not in a, a nice you know setting at all. And uh, it's FedEx Park, man. I remember leaving FedEx Park last year, being like, "Thank God I need to come back to this place," because I just wasn't my favorite field at all i remember the, the dugout we were in the third base dugout and this thing's like all the way in left field it's like if you strike out you got like a 60 yard walk back to the dugout in front of everybody to let them know like hey man i now not only that is strike out but now i gotta walk 60 yards with my head down to get back to the damn dugout so just probably my, that was my least favorite field but they're uh they're redoing it i believe this year so hopefully you know they move that dugout back into where you can actually see the game and uh picks up some of the other stuff in that field yeah logistically that doesn't even make sense i can't imagine having to walk 60 yards back oh my goodness that's crazy. It, yeah, it does I mean, seem like a distance that that's not doing it justice because I'm, <laughs> i feel like it's a lot farther than that still it still feels like I mean, a feel good like distance because yeah. their dugout feels a lot closer yeah well that dugout like extends down out of that picture a lot um that's a very favorable picture of their field, by the way. So it doesn't <laughs> always look like that. It also, every time I'm there, it's like 50 degrees, cloudy and raining. So I, I guess that doesn't help. It looks like there's some sun <laughs> in that. Uh, another sleeper one that I, you know, I enjoyed, but uh, wasn't crazy about was uh, Wichita State. Very cool setting. Complete opposite. Field, everything great. But they play like... Uh, it's like a very – if you pull up a picture of Wichita State and you see the back of their stadium, it's very big, and it makes, like, these crazy shadows on the field. And it, uh, it's, it's kind of tough to pick up the ball and see the ball there. And I think they know it, so they play in that time because they're more used to it. But the uh, field itself is beautiful. It's a beautiful complex. The facilities are gorgeous. But just the way it's set up with the sun, it uh, makes it a little tough to, you know, see the ball at certain times of the day. I think but, he's trying to find a picture for you. Um, yeah, it's called X Stadium, I believe. Oh. Yeah, it's, this is their press box. So where this picture is taken, you can kind of see like the shadows starting on the field right there. Yeah. Now imagine that like taking up from home plate to where their logo is in center field. That's what it's oh, usually geez. like. And then the sun shines off that batter's eye in center. So it's like real bright behind you when you're hitting, but then you're like in the pitch black. Like that's a thick shadow down at the bottom. So absolutely wild. Yeah, but it's a very nice stadium. Don't get me wrong. That place is really fun to play at. Just tough to play at night. (laughs) 
Um, our guy Jeff did have a question too. Um, if you had a preference to turf, as as Cincinnati does play on turf, as opposed to playing on grass, which some of the other stadiums do indeed have. Being a being an outfielder, I will always say grass, um, mm-hmm. just because it's a lot more forgiving. As an in, I did play infield too, so as an infielder, like I will take turf over a half cap grass field every day of the week. Very nice grass field, like that's kept well. It's it's just it's just kind of like how gives you a little bit more nostalgia about the game. So I, I will take that. But in the outfield, no doubt uh, grass, just because like at our field, like if there's a line drive in front of you, like in left field, let's say left field. So a right-hander hooks a ball. A lot of times it's top spinning. So, you know, you run in a step thinking you're going to catch it. Then you're like, oh, I'm not going to get there because it's sinking. So you try to pull up and then it hits that turf and just bounces over your head. So now you got an air on the book versus like a grass field. Like it's going to thud. It's not going over your head. <laughs> uh, the, the nice thing about turf from the outfield though is with throws they skip a little more so you can uh it's a lot easier to like long hop throws you don't have to worry about yeah. it, like you know dying in the right a little but i will rather all not just like bouncing 30 feet in the air over right. my throw maybe not going as far any day of the week so i'll, I'll take grass just, plus diving on grass feels a lot I can better only imagine um does does that give you a different appreciation for like the Reds teams that played at Riverfront then with the AstroTurf that they used to play on? Yeah, I mean, I can't I guess I I would like to see a stat for the amount of doubles they had there cuz I feel like anything hit in the gap or not at an outfielder was just getting to the fence so fast. You know, the grass is going to slow the ball down exponentially more than turf. So I, I mean, I feel like any those outfielders were probably just picking every ball up at the fence and throwing them in as hard as they could all day. <laughs> so you uh, you did tweet out uh, just just a week ago, roughly, um, that the most important thing to you as you finished your career at Cincinnati was the achievement of earning first team honors for the academic All American team. So what 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 did that actually mean to you as you received that award? Um, it's hard to put into words, but, you know, I was fortunate enough to accomplish a lot in my time at UC, mm-hmm. you know, made, you know, first team all conference, second team all conference, conference player of the year. Um, a lot of things, you know, I was fortunate and grateful enough to accomplish on the field, you know, winning, a winning a conference title, my first year there, right. like things that I'm extremely proud of, but. The one, the academic All-American probably, and not probably, it does mean the most to me just because a lot of that work that I put in to you know, succeed on the field and in the classroom, I had, to, I had to make sacrifices to that. You know, that doesn't just come to fruition for no reason. You know, I got to school and, you know, I said at first I wanted to be a doctor and, you know, now I want to be a dentist. So I guess I'm still a doctor. I just don't work every day. Uh, <laughs> uh, but you know people are like hey man even people like in the academic side in the athletic side like hey like i don't know if you're gonna be able to do both you know like you're gonna i think if you take these this major with these classes it's gonna hurt your baseball i think you know academic people saying like you missing all these classes like in the spring we travel like we're leaving thursday we're gone thursday friday saturday sunday monday right. like, i'm missing a lot of class you're not gonna be able to you know graduate with and, you know, I didn't really listen to any of that. I was just like, you know what? Yeah, I know it's going to be tough, but you know, I'm going to make it happen. I'm going to find a way to succeed. And 
the biggest thing about that is my, you know, I, I was a 4.0 student in high school, um, top of my class that just got to college and it was not the same. You know, my first, my first semester, my freshman year was probably the easiest classes I had in eight semesters at UC. I think I had a 3.2 GPA. It was like the lowest GPA I ever had in my life. I finished with a 3.9, I'm pretty sure. Like I never even got close. I don't think I ever got a semester GPA under a 3.7 after that. But like to me, like I got there and I was like, all right, like this is an adjustment. And I didn't panic. I didn't switch my major. I didn't do anything. I was like, I got to find a way to succeed in this. And I adjusted how I went about things. I adjusted how I studied. I adjusted how I managed my time. I adjusted, you know, to be able to be successful. So, you know, that's why I think that means the most to me because I didn't compromise um, for other people's expectations of what, what should happen. I showed that. You know, you're able to succeed on the field just as while at the simultaneously succeeding in the classroom, which as, as a student athlete, I feel are especially in athletics today. Like people don't understand that, you know, you watch these, you watch these big football, basketball, baseball games, like those kids go to class too. Mm-hmm. And those kids probably finish that game and go do some, like have a test to take or something. Right. And I think getting that honor that, nine guys got in the country um just meant a lot to me because the on the field stuff everybody recognizes that right everybody recognizes the on the field stuff but it's it's the off the field stuff that people don't people forget that you know that's part of our lives um and that that was important to me to succeed there that was important to my family um to be you know to graduate and to be a successful student so putting that time in and the support i got The other, I don't want to ramble about this, but the other part that made made that as special as it was to me is because I didn't do that one alone. Not saying I did the baseball stuff alone, but like when I get in the batter's box or I got in the field, like nobody's there to help me. Like it's on me. Like if I'm going to succeed, it's on me. Yeah, my coaches and you know my teammates and everybody has put in a lot of time and effort to prepare me for that moment. But in that moment, it comes down to what that person does on the field. Right. So I think the off the field one, though, the well, I say off the field, I, the academic one is more important to me just because that's a culmination of everybody that helped me while I was there. That's the culmination of the, the academic support staff, my coaches, my teammates, you know, my girlfriend helping me, everything. Because that kind of stuff and the sacrifices I had to make in class to, you know, still succeed in baseball was picked up by other people that helped me. You know, I missed class, you know, I didn't go to a lecture because I had a game, like, but I got, you know, my friend in the class that took really good notes and sent me the notes so I can take my own notes and study. Like that, that means more to me just because it's, that's a, that's an everybody award in my book. Um, That's fantastic. Man. So, uh, it's it's hard not to draw comparisons to like Alec Pierce here in the chat or like a, a Ryan Royer who just finished with engineering degrees. Um, yeah, no one does with the, really well with the football yeah, program. Sure. So so yeah, um, well done, man. Well Huge done. Accomplishment. Huge accomplishment. I appreciate it. Yeah, it's that was uh, Coach Hugens called me the day before and told me, and uh, when I hung up, that's the first time that I think I got emotional about receiving something 
you know, I got, when he told me I was the conference player of the year, we were on the bus, you know, to the way, on the way to practice in Clearwater. And I had all my teammates, you know, coming up and hugging me and stuff. And it was great. And like, I was extremely happy. Don't get me wrong, but like, it, it didn't shake me, you know, to emotions like it did when I sat there and like took a deep breath, like that, what, what I just achieved was, you know, very big and it's very important to me. So, um, that's just the kind of the mentality I want to have going forward in my life. Whatever I decide to do is I don't need to compromise and something that's important to me. Um, I can make two things work. I can make three things work for whatever it is. You know, I can find a way to adapt and find a way to succeed. It's good stuff right there, man. <laughs> that's that's good stuff for life. Um, <laughs> Cut that up and send it to the kids. <laughs> Uh, before before we get into what is next for Griffin Merritt, um, Jeff Gentile, our, our baseball writer, uh, asked who you predicted is going to take over the home run leadership next year. Wow. Um, I'll put a three-way race just because I don't want to get phone calls from two of them. <laughs> uh, other guys. Ryan Nicholson, um, left-handed hitter. He'll be a senior. I think, I mean, he, he has a ton of power. Um, he's starting to come into his own as a hitter. I got to throw Harding in there. Because I don't throw Harding in there, he's going to be pissed. So I'm going to throw Harding in there, the center fielder. And sleeper pick here for home run leader next year, Carrington Cross. He'll be a sophomore. I think he hit nine or 10 this year. I think Carrington's, you know, going to be a really good baseball player. And I think he's still raw and he's still developing. So I'm not going to stay out of those three who I think is going to win because I don't want to catch backlash from them. And I don't really know, but uh, I think those, if you, if you could take a parlay and get those three, I think you're going to get one of them that wins it. Uh, in the chat here, I'm, I'm seeing, uh, uh, or do you have any Ryan Royer stories? <laughs> Uh, I'm uh, sure those are even harder to find PG yeah. rated. <laughs> I do. Those are tough. You're in... Chats are not the big questions. I, I got to find out if Royer's got a job in line yet. Before well, so, so <laughs> Chad and I did, Chad and I yeah, did have Ryan, Chad and I did have Ryan on the show a couple weeks ago and he, he let everything fly. He was talking about, during COVID when they would have the, uh, the football parties because they weren't allowed to see or party with anybody else and how they were throwing guys into the fans and, and all of the ridiculousness that was that, um, Ryan, Ryan's crazy. Yeah. Ryan's crazy. Uh, you can get, I think you, uh, understand that the, the, one of my favorite thing about Ryan though, is it doesn't matter when I see him, where I see him, he is, always just full of energy and you know just somebody that i enjoy being around and you know just he can light up a room quickly for good or bad reasons but he is, uh, <laughs> he's he's definitely a guy that when i see him out or i see him around campus i definitely enjoy you know having a, a conversation with him and um just he's just a good guy man he means well and he cares about other people and he uh Man, he can get after it. That's for sure. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> uh, so, so what is next then for Griffin Merritt? Where Where do you see yourself here over the next several months? Um, what, are you in training for the MLB draft? What, what's going on with you? 
That's a million dollar question right now, man. I, I just, I just moved back home and I feel like I answer this question a thousand times a day. And uh, <laughs> right now it's, I'm just enjoying what I, what's in front of me right now. Um, I, you know, I'm, I'm very hopeful for my, my athletic future and I'm hopeful for, you know, whatever that holds. But for now, I, you know, I'm just enjoying being back around my family and my brother and, you know, seeing my friends that I haven't seen in a while, you know, usually in the summers I'm gone. Like I'm out playing summer ball mm-hmm. somewhere. I was in Rhode Island all summer last year, you know, I'm away every other summer. So um, I'm just enjoying this right now. What's next for me? Uh, right now I'm currently accepted to Ohio State's dental program in the fall. And then I am also, um, you know, trying to play professional baseball. And, you know, that's always been a dream of mine. It's my current dream. And one of those is age dependent and one of those isn't. Um, right. You can, I can always go back to school. I know I can do it. So right now I'm, I'm trying to chase the dream still. And I'm training um, every day, getting, you know, working with my agent and getting ready for July, uh, the end of July when the draft is and hopeful for that. And hopefully that goes well and I get to play and, um, you know, uh, hitting milestones in my baseball career. And, you know, if that doesn't work out for me, then I have a pretty good fallback for the fall um, on what I can do with my life. But if I get to play baseball, uh, I'd be just over the moon and, I would love to, you know, continue my career. And um, the people at Ohio State have been fantastic working with me through this. Um, I doubt any of them listen to this, so uh, <laughs> they probably won't hear it. But you know, they've they've been um, they've been very understanding of what uh, the life decisions that I've been going through. So I know if I get a, if I uh, you know I get drafted and I sign um, in the right fit for me that. I'll always be able to go back to school and that I can always do that. So that's, that's kind of where I'm at right now. Tough, tough question to answer just because, yeah, you know, the drafts never, it's never certain. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I've talked to teams and a good amount of teams and, you know, everyone's told me, you know, certain things. hundred percent I'm getting drafted, you know, I'm gonna go play professional baseball, this and that. Like I hope that's what happens. But um if not, then I'm definitely prepared to, you know, go about my life in um another direction that I'd be proud of as well. Sure. Is there any ter- team or teams that you've heard from more than more than others, like significantly more than others? Um I don't know how much to that. Uh talk about at this point sure understandable I I just cut out again. you did but it, probably uh, a good time to cut out because <laughs> you're not really allowed yeah, to speak uh, about it oh, there goes yep yeah i mean I've, I've talked to you know most teams um okay i don't think people understand as much is that they're drafting based on their needs um, it's not always like, it's just like the NFL draft, like teams are drafting on their knees. I feel like people think drafts like all oh, best available. We're going to get the best available. Um, in a certain extent that can happen, right. but it's really dependent like on who, you know, who sees my skill set and th- thinks that, you know, that's going to help them 
in the future. So there, and there's been multiple, more than a handful of teams that have reached out, like I've talked with and, you know, that's what they're looking for. So it just kind of depends, you know, the draft is, it's just an unpredictable thing. It's hard to, it's hard to say unless like you're like a top five lock pick, like, you know, where you're going, like you're like a sauce gardener, like, Hey man, like you're, <laughs> I know, I know what I'm doing kind of thing. <laughs> so, so, no, uh, I'm excited. I just definitely, I'm, I'm excited for July. Um, do you have any uh, just hopes that, that maybe it's the Reds as you did grow up a Reds fan, or is it just pretty much if I get the opportunity? Um, no, I just want to go to the team that, you know, values me the most. Yeah. I think that's the biggest thing in professional sports sure. is you want to go to the team that, you know, has the most invested in you and values the most. And I want to go to a team that, decides to make, you know, an investment into me and that I know that, um, you know, wants me, you know, that's, that's what you want when you go to a professional team. Of course, I've been a Reds fan my entire life and I'm not going to be upset if the Cincinnati Reds <laughs> pick me. I'm probably going to be pretty happy, but, um, at the end of the day, I just want to go to a team that, um, you know, just wants me. And I think that's the biggest thing is land in a land in a program, land in an organization that that wants you a lot, and that'll open up a lot of doors for you. Well, uh, Ed, I've been talking an awful lot and asking an awful lot of questions. Do you have any questions here of Griffin? Yeah, there's a question that you and I brought up earlier, um, and I've always wondered this. And maybe you can put some insight into it. Why do college players use aluminum bats, and then? In the pros, they use wooden bats. Like, is there? I'm, I'm, I imagine it's probably a hard transition, right? Going into the pros, going to a wooden bat rather than a than an aluminum bat. Um, I think the flat answer for this is just going to be money. Um, huh. One aluminum bat for a year or two, three versus you know a lot of wood bats. I mean, wood bats aren't cheap. They're a little. They're cheaper than aluminum bats. But if you're using ten is ten a year on the college, you know they're paying for. 500 bats a year like throughout right. the fall wall and everything i think it just comes down to money smaller programs wouldn't probably be able to afford it um transition wise it's not it's not as big a transition as you think um huh. it depends like if you're swinging like a like a crappy wood bat yeah because it's just kind of like a crappy bat but like the the nicer wood bats um the performance isn't any different you just, it's not as forgiving. Like with a metal bat, you can hit a ball off the end or like hit it off the handle a little bit and still like have, you know, something behind it versus wood bat. You're just not going to get that same forgiveness. Not necessarily, it's not necessarily going to break, but it's just not going to go, I guess, as far or come off as hard as a metal bat. But uh-huh. when you square it up with a wood or a metal, there's, there's no difference. There is a little transition. Um, like if you swing, like I just, I mean, I've been swinging wood since the season ended. Um, got hung up my metal bat so that thing's done uh so yeah it was like a day or two where it feels a little different but after that it's fine and college kids in the summer play with wood bats so you play all summer summer leagues yeah yeah you're playing with a wood bat so you get used to it there there is a a essence of transition now oh sorry go ahead i was just gonna say the bearcats kind of went viral for different celebrations they were doing in the background 
largely like the uh the different like video bombs they were doing or even just stuff in the dugout they were doing um whether it was like the the shot skis or um, i headed that by the way that was i was gonna ask (laughs) how many of these things did you head (laughs) uh my freshman year i headed that um it's kind of i had a weird season my freshman year i didn't didn't start in the first 20 games probably first 15 20 games then i started like the next 30 played every day and um then once that tournament came around, uh, I struggled that weekend going into the tournament. And the kid that I had been playing over the start at the beginning, there was a senior and he started hitting really well. So he played in the conference tournament and in that regional. And he, I mean, he had a great, he did really well and he really helped the team. But, you know, I'm sitting in the dugout like, damn, like I brought value this whole season on the field. Like, what can I do to bring some sort of value now? Like, I, my ass is on the bench. Like, I haven't played. Uh, I'm not playing right now. I'm like, well, at least I can have some fun and, you know, get something going in here for the dugout. So I created the Shotsky bat to uh, encourage, you know, just little things like that can kind of go a long way in a dugout and around a group of guys. And man, I don't think it was the reason we won the conference tournament. I don't think it, <laughs> uh, I think I think having your whole team buy in and, you know, have fun down there is extremely important if you're going to win that you got to you got to gel as a team and you got to be having fun. So, um, it, at that point in the season, my, uh, 19 year old self thought that's the, that's the value I can bring right now. And that's what I did. Awesome. That's awesome. What'd you have, Ed? I was going to ask, do you play in any summer, uh, summer leagues? Like I went to, um, Michigan, I went to Michigan and they had like the pit spitters. Yeah, like the uh, Northwoods League and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, this past summer I played in Rhode Island um, in the uh, NECBL, which is a really good league up in uh, like the New England and, you know, Massachusetts and like the Cape area. And uh, I I loved it. It was awesome. I mean, I've the biggest thing for me is I've really never been away from home. You know, this is this Cincinnati's my home. And I love it. But I think there's yeah. also something to be said for getting out of here for a little bit. Agreed. And um, I lived up there with the host family. It was it was awesome. You know, I lived right on the beach with um, two wonderful um, host parents, and I had a host brother and a host sister that were both younger than me. And I, I enjoyed. It. I played for the Ocean State Waves up in Rhode Island, so it was a first class organization. I got to meet a lot of people. I think a cool thing about this summer ball stuff too is you get to meet kids from all over the country. Right. Like I'm playing with kids from you know to go to. Boston College, Duke, like Miss Ole Miss, Southern Miss, Texas, like all these guys, and you get a different perspective, and that's how you learn as a baseball player. You get different perspectives from people, and um, all of it helps. And everybody's up there just to play and get better. And summer ball is fun. It's it's laid back, and you know you're enjoying. It gives you the thing. The college season is a little stressful. You know you're trying to succeed. You're trying to get yours almost, and you know you get to the summer, and it's like this is. Baseball's fun, man. Yeah. It's always fun, but it's especially fun when it's just you and 35 guys you didn't know last week up in the middle of nowhere just playing baseball. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Ed, you got anything else, then? That's all I got, brother. Excellent. Well, Griffin Merritt, we do appreciate your time tonight. Uh, we absolutely wish you the best of luck with the MLB absolutely. draft coming up. I believe it's – is it this month? Uh, it's – July 17th, 18th, 19th. Okay, next month. It got pushed back. It used to be in June. Um, okay. COVID stuff. They moved it back, and I think they they liked it 
in July more. So they just stuck with it. So okay. well, I appreciate it guys. Yeah, for sure. Um, we, uh, like I said, we wish you luck, uh, whether it be Absolutely. in baseball or in dentistry, it sounds like uh, you've got definitely some, some different paths to wander down, whether uh, whenever that time does, does come. Yeah, it'll come. Baseball at some point ends for everybody. But I want to play until somebody tells me, hey, man, you, should, you probably can't play anymore. So <laughs> anybody in here listening to that, when that day comes, man, I'm going to need some patience to so roll into the office. All right. Well, ladies and gentlemen, that was Griffin Merritt. Again, thank you, sir, for your time tonight. And, and good luck with, with whatever comes your way here in uh, the next couple months. Yeah, I appreciate it. Thanks, guys, for everything. Thank you. you. Got it. Appreciate it. You see sports means a lot. And I'm excited for the future of athletics that you see, and I hope guys like you that you know covered and made important stick around. So, thank you. Yes, sir. Absolutely, absolutely. I forgot he he brought it up at the end, and I forgot. I totally had. I wanted to ask him what he thought the Big Twelve was going to mean. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. For for baseball, as uh, you know, with with Oklahoma advancing and. Uh, Texas was advancing. I don't. I don't even know if both those teams are still in, but I know that they were. They were definitely both uh, contenders there for getting into the World Series. I just haven't paid a ton of attention, if I'm being honest. But um, that was that was a great interview. He that was, was great. He was he was deeper than I expected. <laughs> hey, he gets a head on his shoulders for sure. Like he's he knows, like he said, he wants to play baseball, but if not, he has he has a fallback, and uh, dentistry is a pretty good fallback. Yeah. Yeah, I uh, I don't I I don't I, I could never relate to trying to even wrap my mind around wanting to be a dentist, but if that's your thing, go for it, man. He's he's succeeded, obviously in the classroom for sure on the field, and uh, just sounds like a, a good kid that that just would be a lot of fun to be around. I can't remember the names of the teeth, so I mean, I'm sure he has it locked down, so he he'll be fine. Yeah, yeah, probably Bowler. Incisor. That's two. Anyway. What was the one that Joey Votto was going to get turned into a diamond? Succuspus? Uh, Succuspus? Is that a tooth? I don't know, man. Is that a medical term for a tooth? Should have asked him that. Here's something. Um, didn't know I could do that, did you? Did Did the Reds game start? What, what's What's the Reds game looking like? The Reds game has started. It's in the bottom of the third, 0-0. Zero, zero. Okay. So they've... They've definitely been on the struggle bus, as we started talking about before we were joined by Mr. Merritt. But uh, like I said, this team is going to continue to struggle. Um, I know we saw we saw uh, the late night podcast did take a little bit of uh, I don't know how to say this. They, it took issue with Tommy Pham and his comments after uh, his win when he was speaking with John oh, uh, yeah. J- Jim Day. Did you see any issue there? Obviously, neither of us have, have been players at any level in baseball or any other sport for that matter outside I, of intramural. I didn't find – I didn't take anything – I found I found it was just like uh, you know when a, when a quarterback's getting ready to go in the, into the tunnel for halftime and they ask him what do you think you need to do better in the second half and if he says you know my O line needs to protect or you know the defense needs to you know get to the ball quicker that's just you know you hey, that, the field. yeah it's my players they'll do better they'll they'll be fine 
I didn't, I didn't take any, I didn't, when I watched it the first time, I was like, cool, awesome. And then when you sent me the, the tweet, I was like, eh, I don't, I don't, I don't get that. So for those who didn't see the tweet, it was basically Tommy Pham saying essentially that they have a lot of young arms hmm. in this Reds team and that they're going to basically, they're going to struggle at times. And the sooner they start working on those secondary pitches and can better those secondary pitches, this team's going to win a lot more games. Yeah. I, I don't, I don't think it was a backhanded compliment. And um, I think it was Carlos from the, uh, the late night Reds podcast. Yes. Um, he, he, he is a former player, um, but he took issue with saying any negativity whatsoever about your pitching staff and saying that you just don't do that. Um, like I said, I mean, it was the first time that Tommy Pham has actually spoken with Jim Day um, following a game as a Red. Uh, but I don't, I don't, I don't really feel like he said anything that was out of pocket. I didn't feel like it was. Like, again, probably one of those unwritten rules of baseball that probably <laughs> don't need to be an unwritten rule of baseball anymore. Like, it probably like there's four thousand of them. You probably not. Yeah, you probably not allowed to pick the top cup. Uh, next to the water can, that's probably for the the pitcher too. Who knows? The, the number one rule of unwritten rules is never All the write, unwritten rules. Right, never, never write them down. Can we write them down sometime though, just to let us know? Like we need no, a former player. It, to... it would be longer than the Dead Sea Scrolls. Like well, that's true. Actually, we need like a former player to start a website called Unwritten Rules of Baseball and just like throw them up there or a Twitter page, right? Something just like one a day. Just one a day. I don't know. Um, I also saw that Tommy Pham still talking about the uh, about the, uh, the 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 fantasy football thing. The Jack Peterson incident. Yeah, I, I guess Field Yates tweeted something today, um, saying uh, missed this yesterday. The Giants showed up to their game yesterday with shirts that read "Fantasy Football 101: Stashing Players on the IR Isn't Cheating." That's what their T-shirts say, and of course. Tommy fan replied, uh, they really played themselves because now all I have to do is release the IR rules in the league and, and the text, how I told jock, I was going to pimp slap him for cheating. Sure did. And he, he went out there and pimp slapped him. I just, why isn't this gone yet? Well, because who knows how much money was riding on it, but obviously when Mike, it's a, it's a Mike Trout league. So there's certainly going to be some money going around. Um, but everybody knows if you can't, you can't uh, it's, it's an unwritten it's rule. It's an unwritten rule. It's of an fantasy unwritten rule. Football. <laughs> unwritten rule of fantasy football. Don't, don't put your players in the IR. They should know. They should know what the unwritten rules are. Anyway, ESPN app tells me what the rules are. That's what, um, yeah, so the uh, baseball is it's 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 going to be a rough summer still. Like that still. That, ha- that hasn't changed. Uh, obviously, when you drop two of three to the Cardinals, um, kind of is a measuring stick for the division. It, they they are they are to the Reds what the Steelers are to the Bengals, and dropping two of three to them is never easy. And. Uh, Imagine how cheap the tickets are going to be after we get out of this heat wave. Or in the heat wave. 
Well, even yeah, you're right. <laughs> yeah, that's actually a good point too. Well, I was I thinking like, oh, buy cheap tickets to go down there after this heat wave. I'm gonna, but you're right. Yeah, I wonder yeah. if we get a, I wonder if we get tickets in a suite in this heat wave right now, or like the price of know. red seats. I'm not driving two and a half hours to go watch the Reds. In have, you seen, have you watched a game in the suite before? I'm not driving two and a half hours. Same man, it's it's nice. Yeah, but food. Get your own bathroom. They bring a dessert cart with ice creams and stuff past the room. Like to drive that from Athens to watch a red team that's not good with gas prices where they are. It's the experience. Yeah, I'm good experiencing the magic of baseball from my couch where I can change a channel when it's terrible. There, I guess. One Um, day we'll get a PTP suite. Sure. Yeah, that'll be the day. Chad, let's get on that, bud. Um, outside of that, did you have you been paying any attention to uh, the Bearcats and what's been going on with the recruiting classes? Picked up another recruit today, right? We did. We did. Cam Calhoun from Winton Woods. Winton Woods. Yeah. That's a good pickup. Um, and then uh, we picked up... Uh, Amari Snowden. Yeah, baseball player too, right? He is a baseball player as That's well. That's going to be that'd be interesting. So is he going to play both sports? He is going to be playing. Yes. Man. He is I haven't a seen this. Since, four-star uh, football player and and Chad said if you look at his picture, he he asked he asked last night on the BVP, he said, "Who do you think he reminds me of?" And I said, "Eric Davis." Nailed it. I'll have to look that up. Yep. Um but yeah, uh, the the class continues to build uh it's the highest ranked class of cincinnati's history with now 20 commits and it's absolutely insane what coach fickle and this staff has been building here in wild. Cincinnati. wow the season is going to be amazing um it, it's just i i don't know how to it's weird it's wild no, I don't know. I don't know. Like Chad told us, like at the beginning, you know, back when we made the bowl game, and then back during the draft. Like, and I said this last week. Like, this is nothing but good for the university. And these guys are coming in here. They're seeing it. They're seeing that we're going to the Big Twelve, and they're picking us over these other schools. And it's it's unprecedented here in Cincinnati. Four of the recruits in this current class. Um, are the highest rated recruits of Cincinnati's history. Of, of course, they, I don't know when they started keeping track of Tracking that, yeah. yeah. Um, five of the top 25 Jeez. of all time. That barn was really a good investment for him. <laughs> I mean, that was a great investment. I am sure Paying his wife is... Not upset about that anymore. Paying off in dividends. Oh man, I bet you. Yeah. Let's be honest. If she was really ever upset about it, he wouldn't have got it. It wouldn't have happened. It wouldn't have happened. Yeah. So, um, outside of that, uh, basketball camp is underway. Uh, Chris Lapore has been putting out pictures. Kids basketball camp. Putting out pictures and videos from camp. Um, some of these, some of the things these kids are wearing. I look at him and I'm like, well, first of all, it, it is it is hot out there, so do not wear that. It's, uh, it's pretty fantastic though to see Coach West Miller literally involved in even just simple drills 
and helping out these kids. Um, a little different with the uh, the intimacy of basketball camp as opposed to football camp, as you have so many different positions, so many kids going into right. these football camps um, that Cincinnati hosted one today. Chad was there for like four hours doing that. So, um, yeah. And I see a LeBron James jersey. I see a Steph Curry jersey. Can't see what that other jersey is over there. I'm hoping uh, so. So my youngest is going to play basketball this this fall. I'm hoping he likes it, and I'm hoping to maybe send him to a basketball camp in the next couple of years with Mister. Oh. Uh... Go ahead. Oh, finish your sentence. Over here at the university, I'm hoping to send him. All right. Is well, that you said, you said with Mister? Uh, and I'm, I'm assuming you at Mister Miller. Um, and I see Demar back here wearing his old uh, UC throwbacks. Yeah, throwback. For him <laughs> uh chris did say that if uh this thing did gain traction um they were they were crystal poor um they were hoping to expand next year and potentially do uh two different camps so there you go um yeah we'll see what happens with that but um i, I don't sure know one of those when i was a kid i know we uh i know we both prepared for the guests tonight i don't have a ton else uh it's hard when the reds aren't good and uh, there hasn't been a ton going on with the Bengals of late. And it was a signing today, didn't they not? Who? Hold on, I did a screenshot. I said, "Oh, this is going to be important. I got to put the. I got to save this for the podcast." Screenshot, screenshot. What? What is going on here? Um, Cordell Volson. Okay. For the Bengals, you said. Yeah. What position does he play? This is a great question. I just took the screenshot. Let's look it up. Unbelievable. Hey, we're lucky we got this podcast to work tonight with all the everything I took apart on my computer. Um, Cordell Volson. Already found him. Um, offensive tackle. Offensive tackle. There you go. Out of North Dakota. Is this the guy that had his uh, draft party in the barn? I I can't answer that. I have no idea. Might be. Maybe we'll get back to you on that next week. No wrestling though. No no oh, Ed's no Ed's wrestling minute because with, the power was out. Yeah, with the power out last night. It didn't I didn't get to watch uh Raw. I mean, I saw that Jeff Hardy um has been arrested again. Um he's probably gonna get kicked out of the AEW. Um we talked about uh the American Dream last week, uh, Cody Rhodes, and his uh, torn pectoral muscle. Um, he just had surgery last week. I guess he's gonna be out for like six weeks. They said now he made it sound like he was gonna come back quicker, but looks like that ain't happening. Um, and I think Pat McAfee because it comes with the sledgehammer, right? Yeah, the sledge. Well, first it was from lifting, and then the sledgehammer was afterwards, but. And I think Pat McAfee, he's been in the gym again. He's talked about doing keto again. Last time he did that, he had that WrestleMania match. Um, so, you know, it's up to something season. He might he might be doing a match again. I like that. It's up to something season. Up to something season. You didn't come up with that, did you? No, he did. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, if you watch the show. Sure don't. Okay. Well, Got a lot show. going on doing, you know, producing and listen to it. Our own shows. So. Works. Uh, well, then, if that's it, 
that is another episode of Pardon the Punctuation in the Books. Again, special thank you to Mr. Merritt. And uh, it was a fantastic interview. Um, but uh, we, we also wish the best of luck to him in his future endeavors. Again, whether that be dentistry or baseball. Um, Should have brought up the fact that I won a bunch of band competitions at LaSalle. He, I wonder if my... Maybe next time. Hopefully Jeff's back next week because, again, we miss him. Yeah, absolutely. We miss him. And uh, other than that. sitting around his solar stove right now. (laughs) In his underwear because it's 85 degrees in his house. Woof. Jeez. Uh, But that wraps it up. That was another episode of Pardon the Punctuation. Again, I'm Aaron Smith. And for my co-host, Ed Mayhall, we appreciate you listening in. Uh, but we'll see you next week, 9.15, Tuesday. Ba-da-ba. See ya!